Hi, I'm Gemma Smith and I'm here talking with Gemma and Ian about all things diving. Hello everyone, welcome back. This is episode 35. You are listening to the Big Scuba Podcast. And myself is Ian and also online is Gemma. Hello everyone. Hello. So, uh, yes, as we said, uh, this is episode 35, and this one is with our friend Gemma Smith. Yep, and she is based in the uh, Grand Cayman at the moment. We had, we had a good chat with Gemma and um, took a little bit of organising, getting things sorted out, because she's like another half a world away from us, isn't she? You know? yep. And uh, so do excuse us if the uh, quality of Zoom do dip occasionally but you know it is what it is and uh, we are in this world of zooming as we are um, but welcome anyway and uh, we know we appreciate you dialing in and downloading this as always uh, if you do get a chance uh, we are also on the youtube channel in the name of the big scuba have a look on there lots of videos lots of bits and pieces that we've done uh, since we've been doing the whole podcast and uh, have a little, little look, see what we've been up to, and subscribe and hit the notification button. Yeah, and rather than hear our voices, you can actually see us. Yeah, see what we're up to. There's audio books on there um, of our previous guests. Um, also, us uh, diving and paddleboarding and kayaking. We've got our friends on there, Paul, Jody, and uh, Honey Scuba Honey. She's on there, isn't she? So. Um, we're all on there, so uh, you can see all the characters of uh, the Big Scuba podcast. So, um, Gemma, what, what's, what's news? What's been happening? Well, we've got some diving to plan in, haven't we? And we have. Yep. <laughs> you sound almost surprised. <laughs> well, no, we've got to yeah, get some more diving in before the weather really yeah, changes. Hopefully, all being well, Friday, we should be getting some diving in with a bit of luck. Yeah, and we might get some testing done on a few new pieces of gear and equipment. Yeah, that's right. And um, we've been using the Paralens, haven't we? Yeah. For, uh, as we mentioned on the last episode, for various things, kayaking, paddleboard, and, and even up a tree. Uh, there's <laughs> a little video coming out of that. thought we'd uh, raise it up aloft and see what it's like. Yeah. And that worked a treat. So that's quite Did it? Good. I've got a question. Did it? Yeah register the height it did yeah it did oh. it was quite clever wasn't it? Yeah. so i quite like that and uh, i just thought I'd try it see what it's like um i think uh, we were up about 20 meters yeah. so quite we were up quite a way big oh, that's quite impressive uh and it's really clear because 4k yeah oh well look forward to that coming out so yeah so that'll be coming out but you know the main thing is uh we you know we've got things coming out all the time and we try and release an episode on the podcast at least once one a week don't we yes yeah and we've got yeah a few exciting ones lined up to come out in the next few weeks yeah we have and i can't believe we're up to 35 i can't believe yeah. it can you yeah you know so uh, time marches on um so Gemma, would you like to introduce our guest please? yep okay so we've got episode 35 uh we talked to Gemma smith so she's obviously a female scuba diver and a yeah, great role model for us all. She's a technical diver, cave diver. She's an instructor, pass, paddy ambassador diver, 
she's an expedition leader so she's certainly obviously done a lot um her parents are archaeologists so she's got quite a passion for i'm so glad you said that (laughs) yep so she's uh yeah got some interest in underwater archaeology um she experienced quite a horrific accident she was involved in a car heater so she's had a lot to recover from um from that and she miraculously has gone back to diving so she's not doing diving but she is back in the water which yeah Yeah. incredible achievement and also our listeners may have heard of her name from fourth element as well yep she's um been one of their models um yes Uh, puts on their gear and appears on our website as well so and she was involved in the underwater film dive odyssey which um she filmed with andy torbett one of our previous guests yeah so yeah that's quite a a great piece of filming to watch as well so yeah mr torbett was one of our first guests wasn't he he was yeah and he also mentioned it as well so yeah yeah um, and she's also, while we've been in lockdown, been working on a non-profit organisation called Oceana Trust, um, which is an organisation formed to show how both non-divers and divers can find the healing effects of scuba diving after some traumatic or mental issues. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There is actually, um, there's been quite a few people have shared about that, and obviously depth therapy do quite a bit of that as well. Yeah. You know, healing um healing aspects of scuba diving and also you know that is such a relaxing thing to do and yeah. on a really nice dive you know you can totally understand that well it's life. an escape as well from you know, the noise of normal life so you're just and you're within your own world in your zone and it is yeah so and you've really got to get under the water to experience what that feels like i think a bit like me when i'm grass cutting you get in your zone get in your zone you get in your zone you do listen yeah. to a good podcast you know and uh you know get in your zone so there we are well hopefully there'll be some people streaming and gardening listening to us so hopefully it'll be an entertaining episode 35 with Gemma smith talking to us from grand payment there you go Fall away and i'll play so thank you, Gemma Smith, for joining the Big Scuba podcast today. So it's really good. And you're in Grand Cayman, Cayman Island. Yes, I am. Very good to see you. That's good. What's the weather like? Is it nice and hot? As always. It seems terrible for a Brit to complain about the heat, but it's almost too <laughs> hot here right now. What are you doing there? So I live in Grand Cayman with my partner. Yeah. So up to now, we've been splitting our time between here and then California and then England, obviously, where I'm from. And I actually originally came here just to um, spend a couple of weeks before going back, back home to the UK and then lockdown hit. So I've been here three and a half months now. There's worse places to be stuck in lockdown. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds good. So do you want to just tell our listeners a bit about yourself? So my name is Gemma Smith and I am a commercial and archaeological diver. I started diving when I was 17. Up to that point, I'd been into every other adrenaline sport imaginable. So bungee jumping, whitewater rafting, flying planes, skydiving, kayaking, (laughs) spent weeks living out in the woods, um, surviving on bushcraft skills. So anything quirky or strange I I wanted to do. 
or anything different. But as much as I enjoyed them, I never really stuck to any of them. I enjoyed it for a bit and then kind of got bored and moved on. And then when I was 17, I tried diving and I was hooked. I was absolutely hooked. I became obsessed with it. And for the last 13 years, that's all I've done pretty much. First kinds of diving, starting out doing recreational stuff, doing a lot of teaching. I actually spent a year in Grand Cayman teaching in 2014, then moved over to the more technical diving, started working on commercial projects, archaeological projects. And now I work in a slightly different field doing expert witness work in diving related incidents. Wow. All right. Okay. Yeah. Do you get much call for that? Um, surprisingly, there's, there's quite a little bit, quite a bit of you know, litigation surrounding dive incidents and boating incidents. Um, it's very interesting work as well. So I, I'm really yeah. enjoying it. How did you get into that? Um, knowing the right people. Yeah. yeah. And I it over. So I can't do um, the, a lot of decompression diving anymore. Um, certain things with my, like um, my health changed. So I'm no longer able to do decompression diving. So it was a good segue into something I was still interested in diving, but in a slightly more land based capacity. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. So are you more of a. Um... Uh, when you say technical dive, are you, are you still doing technical diving? Right now, I'm not off to do technical diving. A couple of years ago, I had a, a bad accident, a bad car accident, yeah. uh, and I broke my neck, my coccyx, both my legs, two months in hospital. And it just means that because of the healing process, because I have a, a very large skin graft on my right leg, decompression diving and circulation, possible circula circulatory issues mean that I can't do decompression diving now. Yeah. But, but I'm loving, you know what, having gone from being a CCR cave diver doing 150 meter dives, I'm out on a reef now, 10 meters, and I couldn't be happier. Seeing all the life. Seeing all the life. It's just amazing to get back to that, actually. Yeah, and the main thing is you're back in the water as well. That's just, yeah, that must be an amazing feeling. <laughs> it is. I mean, there was a time when I really wondered whether I'd get back in the water, and now I'm diving from my backyard in the ocean, and it's just heavenly. Yeah. Good. So no twin sets, anything like that? Not yet. I'm hoping to be able to get back on twin sets soon. Uh, but both my legs are metal, so I have to be a little bit careful about weight bearing and yeah. um, take care of how much pressure I put on my knees. Mm. Mind you, you can put them on in the water. You see, that's one of the, the advantages. The water takes all the pressure away. There's no pain. It's right. just fantastic. It, it's so healing for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, good. It's yeah. So, what have you actually got back in the water uh, now? Lockdown's easing. Have you actually had your first dive? Yep, we had our first dive last week. We've been diving the last two days. Wow. Uh, I think I can't remember the last time, apart from when I was I couldn't dive at all. The last time I've been out the water that long, when I've been perfectly healthy. And it's so it sounds terrible, but I'm looking out and I have a beach and the sea outside my window, and I can't get in the water. <laughs> but finally, finally, we're back allowed. Yeah. Yeah, that must be a special feeling. So with your scuba diving, what made you try it? Was it just because it was another sort of extreme sport, so to speak? Or did somebody inspire you to do it? What actually first inspired me to do it was, there's a very, very famous Wes Skiles picture of a cave in Florida um, and cave divers. And it's just so ethereal. And I remember seeing it in a dive magazine. I was looking through when I was looking for the next sport to try and I was just transfixed. And I remember saying to myself, I want to go there. And obviously this is a deep cave dive on CCR and I'd never dove before. So this was a, a long, going to be a long way in the making, but I just said, I want to see that place. 
it really looked like something from another planet. And it's hard to believe that there's somewhere like that on Earth that so few people have seen. It's quite a special feeling. Yeah, it must be amazing. Yeah, yeah, there's all this ocean as well to explore as well. Well, yeah, there is. When we spoke yeah. to people at the Galapagos, um, you know, and, you know, there's so much of that water around, like just around then, you know, you're, you're out that way in the Pacific. And it's kind of like, well, how can you not know about all this scene? It's so vast. It's such a big space. That's what I always find so interesting is so many people look out to space and want to explore other planets and see what else is out there. And all I can think is we've barely scratched the surface of what's on this planet. We don't know. Yeah. We've seen a fraction of what, what's in our oceans. You have no idea really what's there. And that I find exciting to think what might be down there, what we could find. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Are you still like recording dives? Are you still, you know, you logging your dives and what have you? I still log every single dive I do. Do you? That's good. I do. From the beginning, from when I was an open water diver. We get so many people on that say that they don't, they've, they stop recording their dives because they've done so many, you know. No, I still record it. I'm a bit of a geek. I still write it down in a written logbook every time with diagrams. And, oh, I'm so geeky. Diagrams. No, that's I think it's good. You know, I think it's, um, it's nice. Because how many dives have you done, would you say? Where, where are you up to? Uh, I've done, I, I look at the logbook exactly, around 3,000. Wow. Oh, nice. Yeah, we've spoken to people that get to a thousand and they just go, no, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> just... yeah, but it's good, huh? It's good that yeah. you've been diving this amount of time and done that many dives and still still logging them. It's good. I kind of think yeah, right. it's quite quite cool that I might look back, you know, when I'm older and go, oh, I remember that dive and look yeah. at that drawing or that picture or that map and remember it. It's like keeping a diary, really, isn't it? It's like keeping your, well, like keeping a logbook. <laughs> <laughs> have you got any advice for people either those that are thinking about trying scuba diving or they're just setting out on their journey like me i think the first thing too that i always tell students is it's okay to be nervous it's a very strange feeling i remember the first time i tried diving you know and i was in a swimming pool and you take those first breaths underwater and part of your brain is thinking this is the most amazing thing ever and the other part is thinking this doesn't feel right. This is very bizarre that I shouldn't be able to do this. And it's okay to just sit with those feelings and realize that it does take a lot of time to get used to it. And I think the key thing is practice. Dive as often as you can, even if it's a 20 minute skills dive um, in one of the like Bobster or Chepstow, if, like, if it's blown out, you can't get to see. Mm -hmm. The other advice I always give to divers is whether it's doing an out of air drill or a mask flood try and do one dive one skill on every single dive yeah that's good advice yeah because it's easy just to kind of forget about the skills i guess it's that's really what, easy that's what we talked about the other day yeah 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 i i kind of get i mean diving is so much fun you get so involved with it and the skills kind of go by the wayside a little bit but it's really important that it becomes muscle memory so if you ever do get to the point where you mask your mask floods or your buddy has an out of air situation it's second nature to deal with it it doesn't become what is in itself not that big an issue mm -hmm. if you're properly trained and up up to speed with it it could multiply and actually end up becoming a bigger problem just because you haven't practiced yeah. yeah yeah no that's definitely and i can relate to the bit about the initial try dive and you think 
doesn't seem right. <laughs> yeah, that is true, isn't it? When yeah. you think back to how it was. Yeah, 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 so, but now, no, so, but, I've done eight dives now, so, yeah, so. Yeah. It's, I think it's when you've been diving a long time, it's very easy to forget that initial turning your brain to realise, no, this is safe, this is okay, not to automatically. I know when I started and I started diving just in the pool, I felt that urge to hold my breath because you're <laughs> breathing underwater, this isn't right. And so it does take a while to just realise, no, the equipment works, this is a different environment and just get diving. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, that's good advice. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully it will encourage more people to <laughs> give it a go. Um, yeah. Have you, in your sort of diving journey, have you noticed any difference from when you first started to like now in terms of um, probably the number of women diving and kind of just the attitudes to it? I think there's definitely been over the last few years a concerted efforts to get more women involved in diving and particularly in technical diving to show that it isn't a male dominated sport it's women are equally capable um, they might have to do things in slightly different ways you know sometimes the gear is very very heavy so dive side mount where you can carry two smaller tanks rather than one massive twin set uh, when I started I started on twin sevens then moved up to um, twin eight and a halves and finally made up to 12s and then went to 50 kilogram rebreather so everything is possible if you take it in stages and like any kind of training any kind of athletic training start small and just keep working at it and keep working your way up mm. yeah that's good yeah because it is quite really? a physical thing it is as we found that you know as, uh, you know fitness does come into uh diving and you see it quite a bit especially when you do short covers somewhere with like uh stony cove you see all sorts of things and people come out faces absolutely red and they're out of puff and everything you know, it, you know fitness is definitely a good thing with uh, diving i think um, fitness is something that's often overlooked with diving because you think oh you just plop in the water and swim around a bit and it's not actually that physically hard but even just getting gear you know from shore diving great example you know from the car getting it down to the water you do an hour's dive when you're moving constantly or a drift dive where you're swimming against current it can be surprisingly tiring fitness is is a really important aspect of being a safe and competent diver yeah 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 no we've had a few what 500 meter walk with all kitted up in a dry seat <laughs> in the sun <laughs> just yeah. it as you go <laughs> yeah and you just kind of get in the water and you just think i just need to just sit here lie here for just 10 minutes and get my breath yeah, yeah, yeah. So some of the uk shore diving is um it's surprisingly when you're clambering over rocky terrain and walking on sand wearing heavy gear it's, it's a workout it is. yeah do you do you actually physically work out to keep your fitness for diving yes i do it's something that i have been guilty of in the past not doing as much as i should um when i was diving so often that was kind of my workout now i'm not diving quite as often as i used to i I walk every day, I do yoga, I do weights, just to keep myself physically strong and healthy. So when I do dive, picking up, you know, however much, you know, however 20 kilograms worth of gear is, so I don't think anything of. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Yeah, I think we often wear um, uh, a Miso. Have you heard of a company called Miso? No. It's like, um, we use them at um, the gym quite a bit, and uh, it's a heart rate tracker and sort of fitness tracker. And I've worn one under my dry suit a few times and uh, to see the sort of results and you get like 
uh, how many calories you burn and they call these MEPS which is like a, a point system which is based on your heart rate fitness and all these sort of things and it's quite interesting how that has changed uh, on me and uh, Gemma uh, has now started wearing one as well is that you can see uh, your progress of fitness um, and yeah. diving how you how that matches also with your air intake because instead of it now being like in the ambers and the yellows with your heart rate when you're swimming you know it's more of a blue and a gray which is good on the miser and shows that your heart rate is not coming up which obviously is then affecting your oxygen because you're not consumption yeah which is really quite good uh so find that really interesting to track it and see especially with as you get fitter physically and more confident or comfortable mentally how that will affect it yeah yeah, yeah i think on, on my that was the first time i on my qualification weekend yeah it was like woo yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like straight. yeah and i think that's completely normal for all new divers yeah. and then as you get more used to it more confident and comfortable with the skills and in yourself and in your ability to dive you know that automatically is going to lower your heart rate your air consumption make you more relaxed and the more you do it the fitter you get physically so it's just you yeah. know yeah. all these factors coming together yeah yeah it'd be good to monitor it so you know what drew you to tech diving i think the biggest thing for me is all the wrecks around the south coast you know england uk with you know the channel there's amazing diving but a lot of it tends to be slightly deeper uh, in the kind of 40 to 50 meter range, I was like the Solset. I'd always, always wanted to do the Solset. Yeah. And I didn't feel comfortable with the redundancy of diving on a single tank. So right. very early on, I wanted to get into tech diving. So I started out doing all open circuit. Like I say, I started out on mini doubles and gradually worked my way up to bigger doubles. And then I started wanting to do, push it even further. So go deeper and particularly cave diving and yeah. wreck penetration and logistically there were dives i wanted to do that just wouldn't have been possible on open circuit so the sheer number of cylinders or you know the planning the logistics of doing it going on to rebreather was something i knew i wanted to do but i wanted to equally have the open circuit background so i understood that mm. side of dive because particularly people go on to rebreather you know very early but they forget that if they have to bail out they could be doing a lot of time on open circuit and i wanted to have that comfort and understanding with open circuit before yeah. making the switch to ccr it makes sense actually how you describe it makes a, that progress actually makes sense and it's a good way of doing it yeah i wanted to be very comfortable on open circuit so if every breather ever did fail which of course you know it has failed on before mm. i had that automatic comfort switch where it wasn't a big deal now i'm suddenly blowing bubbles it was Oh, I remember this. I, you know, I've I've been here, done this a, a million times. It's not an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Was it quite a steep learning curve going from open circuit to rebreathers? It was. I, I and I have no problem saying this. It was an incredibly frustrating learning. I went from a full trimix, full cave diver, and open circuit. I, you know, I was a good diver. You know, happily doing 100 meter dives, long cave penetration, to feeling where I couldn't hold my buoyancy at all it was like being a new diver and it was so frustrating how could i've gone from you know full trimix cave dives to i'm in a swimming pool and i'm bouncing around like a tennis ball i couldn't do anything 
And, you know, honestly, it took me probably a good hundred, hundred plus hours until I really felt, yes, I've got this. I'm comfortable. I'm as comfortable as I was on open circuit. You've got to be there, haven't you? You know, because your life's on the line. You know, you've got to be, you've got to be uh, au fait with it and uh, confident. Um, And especially with, you know, closed circuit, there's so much more to it. There's so much more that you involved in it and that could go wrong and things you have to be aware of that I wanted that motor reflex that I immediately feel comfortable, know what I'm doing. So I spent a good plus hundred hours, you know, in quarries, no deeper than 10 meters, just getting comfortable with the skills. Yeah. I always think, think it's been quite amazing. Yeah, when we think back to, um, let's say, John Chatterton, you know, he was one of the yeah. pioneers of the rebreather. And he was doing these deep dives, full knowing that it was going to go wrong. In fact, he was doing it to try and break it to, so he could yeah. fix it underwater and deal with it. And, you know, that was all part of the evol- that uh, evolved of rebreathers and you think you know you've got really your, your wits about you and know everything about that inside yes. out to the point where you can break it and fix it and keep keep breathing keep going and, keep driving. <laughs> and carry on being safe yeah the pioneers yeah, exactly. the well, but to actually deal with all that underwater at depth uh and keep a straight and level mind about that you know it takes them to do it a lot of people couldn't do that yeah uh, you know to actually test rebreathers knowing full well it probably won't work but having that like you say that in-depth understanding of exactly not only the mechanics behind it but the science behind it to make sure you're always breathing you know a safe breathable gas incredibly complex it does take a certain personality like a test pilot Mm. so what do you call yourself do you call yourself a wreck diver or do you call yourself a cave i would probably class myself more as a cave diver than a wreck diver because yeah. that's my background. I've spent months and months in Florida, Mexico, France. But actually my favorite type of diving is a what I would call a combination between cave and wreck, which is mine diving. Okay. I love mine diving. Right. Yeah. So into ready-made, so like pre-made mines that are flooded. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And I think for me that combines the challenge of overhead diving. Um, I love being pushed. I love you know the challenging environment and really having to be at the top of your game to dive there safely but as growing up with two archaeological parents you know they were both archaeologists i find the human history in mines really yeah. fascinating what so was your favorite my favorite mine would have to be oh yeah mine in finland yeah and what, some what of is the it hardest stuff it is probably some of the hardest diving i've ever done you know, it's two degrees Celsius, it reverse, reverse thermocline. So you go in at two degrees and your decompression's all at one degree. And it's, but because it's so cold, obviously the water is like air. It's kind of surreal. You almost don't feel like you're diving. And you get structures like Hell's Gate, you know, at 60, 70 meters and Lucifer's Pillar. And I was lucky enough to dive it on a film shoot. So when I, I saw these structures for the first time, they were all lit up with video lights. And it um, is the most out of this world thing I think I've ever seen. And the so water that's is that definitely feared in my mind. Yeah. 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 Do you, Do you see any life down there? Are there any creatures, or is it pretty much kind of? Oyama was. It was too cold. There's there's nothing mm. to, nothing to see. But yeah. in, in caves in Florida, you know, you do see fish and um, so, some kind of cave specific animals. But it's not common in the caves no. I've done. 
no, it's yeah, pretty amazing. How do you deal with the cold then? How do you do? You, have you is it something you just got used to? Because the hardest, although your body, you know, and you got your underlay and all that, I always found the the hardest thing to deal with is the actual freeze and cold temperatures on your head. Yeah, I mean, my, one of my biggest struggles over the years, I have done and kind of specialised in cold water diving, and someone with my frame, I don't have a lot of bioprene to keep me warm, so I have really struggled over the years with being cold. I have gone to extreme What was that bio what? What's that? What was that word? Bioprene. Bioprene. <laughs> yes. Not neoprene. No. Oh, I wish. I wish. Because <laughs> I don't have any of that. I don't wear that one too. <laughs> oh, so did you just layer up to get over the cold? I layered up. So I went, kind of started off wearing lots of layers, too cold, um, went to heated vest, um, uh, dry gloves. Um, there have been occasions when much to my shame, I have actually tucked a little hot water bottle down my undergarment really? just to keep me warm. I, yeah, in, one time the scapa flew my heated vest failed and I was determined to dive and I was equally determined that I was not going to be cold. That's so, got to be a bit risky, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily recommend a hot water bottle. <laughs> and then obviously now with more studying, they're wondering the, how active versus passive heating affects decompression. So, you know, theories are changing. So seven mil hood? Seven mil hood. I actually found what worked really well is I wore two hoods. So I wore a three and a five or a three and a seven. Yeah. Um, that helped a lot. The, uh, the but, Scandinavians have it down where they have dry hoods. Yeah. Um, oh, somebody else was telling us about that. You know, and that's actually part of their dry suit and it comes over. Yeah. Good idea. That, your head stays completely dry. Um, yeah. And then really integrated dry gloves. So literally, you know, you have this tiny portion of your face where you're getting cold yeah yeah i could do that at stony cove i hate it when my head get cold oh <laughs> I, I learned to do you remember horsey island yeah i remember i learned to dive there what when i was 17 so goodness 13 years ago in february in a wet Ooh, yeah and in a I, wet I, you've got this to come Gemma. in a wet <laughs> in a wet state and i yeah, think I I was explaining why um, to Gemma uh, the other day is why <laughs> why it's always handy, why it's always nice to take your hood and gloves back to the hotel with you uh, rather than uh, leave them in the van on a frosty night. Oh, and then they're solid. You got that first thing to put your hood on. A friend of mine who's got a camper van, he, he boils the kettle and then just tips hot water into it first. Yeah, and then <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's the other option. Oh, yeah, but I've definitely done that when you leave your, you're tired, you know, and cold at the end of a long day, you leave your gear in, in the van and you literally get up early the next morning and it is frozen solid yeah. in the van. Yeah. And you think, why? Why did I choose this as my hobby? Yeah, or at Gildy where they've got the metal butt frame and you come out of the dive and you put your hood down and you go back to it in about five, ten minutes and it's actually frozen and stuck. You can't to, get it off. Yeah. You can't get off. Oh, yes. And then you go back in the water to warm up. You do. You do. Because that's the only way. Well, this is of UK <laughs> You've got this to come, Gemma. You've got this experience to come. Oh, no, I tell you all through the year. UK diving does have, you know, we all love to complain, the UK dive community, oh. but there is, there's something quite magical about UK diving. Oh, I think it's very great. 
Yeah. And this is the whole thing, talking to all the people that we've spoken to over the last few months, UK diving is like, you know, it's come out really on top and like it's so diverse, you know, from Scotland to the South Coast, Ireland. Yeah, so it's certainly a place, don't mind not travelling because there's plenty here, more than enough to get me. Yeah. There is so much here. There's, you know, you can get your fill of marine life and wrecks and, you know, just beautiful shore diving. And the other thing that I really like is because maybe it's because it's a small kind of island and the diving isn't always easy. The general UK diving community is so welcoming. Yeah. Everyone sticks together, which I love. Yeah, yeah. it's true. It's a, it's a small community, but they, you know, that is nice and friendly. So that is good like that. Um, so, and you've been in a film? Yes. You've this been in a film called Dive Odyssey? Dive Odyssey, yes. So how was that? Tell us about that. So... That was Divers of the Dark are a very well-known Scandinavian film team. And I became friends with them several years back, met, met them at Tech Dive USA. And Yanni, who's one kind of one half of the duo, had this vision of making a diving film based on kind of Space Odyssey. Um, what, Space Odyssey 2001? Space Odyssey 2001, yeah. Oh. Um, something, you know, we all love diving. We're all avid divers. Diving films can be a little bit boring, just watching someone else swim around on a reef. He wanted to bring the magic of diving and how surreal and otherworldly it was. So he took all this inspiration from um, Blade Runner and Space Odyssey, and he wanted to make an underwater sci-fi film. Right. So myself and Andy Talbot were the two characters in the film. There's no dialogue, and I'm the explorer, so I'm off traveling. Um, this underwater realm and Andy Torbett is the other being. <laughs> so, I'm sure he's been called worse. <laughs> I, I have no doubt. He's been, I've probably called him worse. <laughs> yeah, no, Andy and I had a great time. It took, it was probably two years in the making. It was several different um, filming um, areas. So there was one in Finland, in Oyama. Then we went up to Northern Norway to film in a yeah. cave there. And then the final section was filmed in a swimming pool in Helsinki. Wow. What was your favourite bit of the, making the film? What's the, the bit that really sort of stands out? For me, seeing Hell's Gate for the first time in Oyama, yeah. and then also diving in Plura cave system under the ice. And I've never dove under ice in that sense before. And it was just magical, surreal, bizarre. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. Some of the videos and of people doing that. Have you seen Wim Hof? And he yeah, does Wim that Hoff. in, in yeah. just a pair of uh, speedos. I know. That the takes Wim you down. Like, I'm not sure I could do that. Uh, no. <laughs> I complain no, bitterly and I'm wearing a dry suit and a heated vest. So I'm not sure how people do it in, you know, swimsuits. I often think that about uh, that in April. You, you, you go to some of these places. Yeah. And there we are in the thermals and the dry suit and the hood, gloves, freezing cold. And there you look round and then there they are, open water swimmers now getting in in, a, in budgie smugglers and a swim <laughs> I know, I know. I don't know how they do it. I've got a, I've got a friend, um, you've probably heard of her, Kiki Bosch, um, ice free diver. Right, let's look her up. I haven't heard of her, to be honest. Yeah, slight woman, um, probably around my age. And... She's literally in a bikini, free diving in the most inhospitable, freezing cold environments. And I look at her and think, I couldn't, I don't think I could ever do what you do. 
it's just a shock even yeah yeah even when you know you jump in you know to one of the quarries and you realize your dry suit isn't fully done up done up and you get that first initial just a little bit of cold and jump a mile into the air i definitely don't know what that's like yes you do (laughs) (laughs) i think we all know at some point i'm glad to hear that I, i you know i did get an award for it you know last year but that that's all there it's ready to pass that mantelpiece on to well, you uh, do <laughs> sorry but once to be never repeated <laughs> well it's true and um unfortunately now Matt, where i go i do get reminded of it quite a bit who oh, don't got your dry sink then up yeah once <laughs> but, you make a mistake you'll never do that one again yeah first dive last year with a whole group of students yeah, not not advisable. That's, that's and we're all brand new thermals, as all new th- uh, lovely thermals as well. So uh, had all my fourth elements on, all lovely and snug. So we haven't got to the end of our chat with Gemma Smith, but we just wanted to mention about other ways you can support the Big Scuba podcast. Ian and I both enjoy adventures under and on the water, and some of which you can view on our YouTube channel called The Big Scuba. The links are in the podcast show notes. Have a look and a view of the videos. There are even product reviews, including my fourth element Hydra dry suit review and the exotherm thermals that go underneath. Please do subscribe, ring the bell so you get notifications of up and coming videos in the next few weeks. There's lots coming out. We always really appreciate your support, so thank you very much. But anyway, talking about the film though. Um... You know, scuba diving in films is notoriously done really, really badly. Uh, because if, if you look at um, 47 Metres Down, have you seen that one? I have. We actually watched that the other day. That's um, just, amazing just like, really? background search, yes. And they go, you know, they're, they're down at 47 metres for hours on end with hardly any air. But somehow they make it. And then they go whizzing up. To the surface and they're fine like, yeah really? there's no background research on a lot of these films I know. so it's really good that you know you've done a really good film about it you know and the ethics are, are brilliant and you just like yeah this is what's possible not this is actually what scuba diving can be like yeah yeah, yeah. and there's quite a few films you know james bond did one uh which one is uh, i think it's uh, i can't remember it's no joke one of the early James Bond, Dr. No, I think it was, where you need to get eaten by a shark in the end because it's all done behind in a swimming pool. Uh, Sean Connery's one side of the class, the shark's the other side of the class, and the shark was clever in what the people were because the, the shark worked out the glass didn't go all, th- all the way to the end of the pool. There was a gap. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So um, I think actually it's Thunderball. That's Thunderball was the film. But, yeah... Diving in films, usually you just look at it, just like why you know, don't do it, or if you don't do it correctly. But I suppose they have to do it for Hollywood purposes to actually make film. But you know, yeah, (laughs) understand the principles of what diving's actually like. Yeah, I was just finishing off a Jill Hines edit a little while ago, and she was like decompression for seventeen hours, and I think it's just like nobody realizes this, do they? Yeah. yeah, Jill's just one of a kind as well. Yeah, I know. Um, you just mentioned Fourth Element. So is it right you've done some modelling for them? You've helped Fourth Element out? Yes, yeah. I used to do some, some modelling for them. And, um, yeah, Jim Standing is a great guy, great yeah. company. Yeah. 
uh, very, very involved in all aspects of the diving community. So yeah. he's definitely one, one of the good guys. Yeah, he is. Uh, it's been really great, you know, yeah. for us as well. Um, hasn't he, Gemma? He has. He's given me a dry seat. <laughs> <laughs> good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, so I've yet to uh, get it in the water. But yeah, it's all ready to go now. So yeah, I've got my gear underneath. So yeah, it's really exciting. Be a fourth element girl. <laughs> so, yeah, but they're a good company and they make great gear. Yeah, so looking forward to that. So it's even more reason to get in the water soon. They are. And they, they, they're very good on their um, sustainability and ethics yes. as well. So yeah, the, the ocean positive range. Um, they really do try and give back. Yeah, no, it's an important yeah. to support companies like that as well and have that ethic behind it. It's, you know, it just makes you feel better about what you're doing. Um, yeah, completely agree. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, so you, obviously we know you had quite a serious accident um, back a good, well, a few years ago. So are you sort of getting well onto the road of recovery now and diving is much more sort of easy to do? Yes, yeah, I'm... Okay, I'm back on rebreather. Um, I'm not doing decompression diving, but I'm I have been back cave diving, rebreather oh, diving. Awesome. What it's actually been a really nice change for me now because I live in Grand Cayman now. I've always been in you know well, the last five or so years I've been so focused on the tech diving. It's all been rebreather. It's all been deep stuff, and it's been lovely to just discover the joy of my partner and I just go single tank shore diving and yeah. going back and rediscovering that joy is in it has just been really exciting actually you know I, I, it's easy to forget just how much fun you can have in 10 meters of water looking for little squidgy nudibranchs yeah yeah no that's good and yeah it's just so good that you're back in the water and yeah, able to get get in there again so get, get is there, there like a diving. limit have you been given a, a limit or is the limit at 40 meters or have you been given the limit right now is 40 meters, so recreational depths mm -hmm. and no decompression diving. Yeah. Um, which at the time I kind of, I didn't take necessarily that well, but in a way I'm grateful because it's like I just said, it's given me the opportunity to rediscover how much fun you can have. You yeah. Know, 10 minutes of the water looking, looking at fish, which I, I hadn't done for so long. And you can so still see a lot, can't you? And you still you do can a see lot. So much. You can see so much. You know, there's beautiful wrecks here with the coral heads. And what's been really fun is we've been doing off the beaten track dive sites. So no idea what they are. We just drive up, get them off the shore. Sometimes it's nothing but sand and sometimes it's beautiful coral heads and turtles and eagle rays. Oh, amazing. We've got one coming up like that. And um, which uh, <laughs> came, came, it came up at the weekend and somebody's asked us to go dive it. And uh, <laughs> It's not all that far away and I don't think we'll be seeing any manta rays in it unfortunately <laughs> but um, it's going to be quite interesting it's a very old place and um, there it's uh, I can't really say too much in a minute because we'll it'll be sort of new content when we go out and do it but uh, yeah quite interesting I think um, it, it's uh, exciting not no, we'll fishing, yeah. yeah it is yeah you don't know what we're going to see you don't know what we're going to find yeah, it could be nothing or it could be something incredible and that kind of sense of discovery and exploring yeah. is really exciting yeah yeah look forward to that one <laughs> I, I think um but I, I think you know doing the right thing because the other option would have been i suppose after your accident is that they said no more diving for you so although you might at the time i can understand why you said you know you was a bit upset about not being able to tech dive 
but you're still going to have diving and then enjoy it and you know still the fish and explore and you know do all these things that's it you know there's so much out there about the oceans we still don't know there's so much that hasn't been seen it doesn't just have to be Isn't that amazing though? i find it incredible that we know more about the moon than we know about the ocean yeah well, i think that's also a good thing because if if all the mysteries have all gone of the world yeah and that kind of bit sad. You kind of think, well, yeah. Is that it? yeah, no, yeah. that kind of need to explore and discover, I think, is innate in a lot of us. And yes. it's, it is, you know, intriguing and cool to think we still don't have any idea of what could be out there. Yeah. He's just telling me he got a new heated fist. <laughs> oh, really? What kind? A nursery. Um, uh, to be honest, I've had it a while, but the um, I need to thank them actually, and I told them today I'd give them a little thank you and a bit of a review because the previous pads they weren't all that uh, well, they weren't all that good, I don't think, and they didn't really stand up to a lot of wear. Um, and I just mentioned it to them that I had to have them sold it again, and uh, they kindly sent me some new pads and new wires and everything. So. Uh, Really good. Well, that's a good service. That is, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Um, and the, the new pads that they've sent are a lot better. A lot well, You can see there's a, an improvement in the construction. Uh, you know, it's a whole better constructed thing. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying that out. Oh, I'm looking forward to trying it's too hot. There is. Don't get too hot otherwise. I'll wait till about December, January. Oh, I remember, I think the only time I've ever been too hot diving is diving inside a volcanic crater in Utah, this homestead crater. And really? I was diving in a bikini. And I think that's the only time, it was on a rubbery there. I've only, I, the first and only time I've ever thought, a bit warm, you know, I am, I'm a bit warm. <laughs> Not how, how warm was it? Uh, oh, now you're asking me. I'll have to look it up. Look at homestead crater. It's, um, they do a lot of training there. It's shallow. Um, I was doing rebreather training there, and it's, it was it was an experience. It was definitely an experience. Homestead, what? Sorry. Homestead Crater in Utah. Crater. Okay, we'll look it up. What's the name of your cat, by the way? Oh, well, <laughs> you, you just had a visitor on your settee. She is uh, quite a little character. So we got we just recently adopted her from the Humane Society here, and she came as Curry. Um, but we don't call her Curry. We ended up calling her Squeakers because she makes this little noise all the time she's what two months old and she's in the terrible toddler phase she's adorable she's just love her to love her oh, to be <laughs> yeah exactly exactly or tika. Oh, yeah or tika. <laughs> or tika. I, I like that tika's a good name if i have a cat i'm gonna call it tika <laughs> i don't know if i was naming after my favorite car it would have to be vindaloo really Oh, I'm a Vindaloo girl. Oh, wow. Can I just say, praise be? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have a crazy spice tolerance. I'm a, I'm, I'm a Madras. And I was kind of, or Patia. Patia is about a medium. Vindaloo, though, a serious sort of curry. Yeah, I have been known to ask for an extra spicy Vindaloo. So we're wow. talking chilli masala then? Oh, yeah. Easy. Wow. Gemma, where, where are you on your chilli level? <laughs> Well, I don't mind hot things. I, I throw quite a lot of chilli and a lot of garlic into things. Yeah. Mm. Curry-wise, tikka or a bowl is more my... And for anyone who's now tuning into this, this is not Master Chef. <laughs> this is actually a scoop <laughs> We do like... In fact, this could be a new question. 
Where's your chili level? Well, yeah, I was going to say, where's your curry level? I like this because we could find out between all the scuba divers who we speak to, who has the hottest tongue. And that, at the moment, you. you've got the highest rate <laughs> on, the, on the chili level. Yeah, out of one person asks, but I, I'm happy. I'm going to enjoy my time at number one. Do you think we should ask some of the other people? Yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Well, we could have a little ranking, like they do with the curries, like one chili, two chili. And Gemma Smith <laughs> is in the pole position. At the <laughs> I like it. I do, I do like the random questions. Yeah. Well, we've got oh, some of those coming we'll up. Come to the right place. <laughs> yeah. You like random questions. I do like random right place. <laughs> so one of our last kind of normal questions was, where? What are your thoughts on the future of diving? In the sense of my future in diving or diving as a whole. You're diving and then diving as a whole for the industry as, a, as one. I think right now that's a difficult question to answer, especially with everything that's been going on in the world this year. Mm. I think a lot of people have, you know, time and financially can't necessarily invest right now in, you know, taking up a new hobby. Yeah. Are you in uh, lockdown where you are? No, we've come out of lockdown. The airports are all still closed. But um, lockdown as a whole is over. We're now allowed in restaurants. We ha we're um, wearing face masks is required still. So yeah. we have to wear those all the time. But um, the 24-7 lockdown is over. Um, but the future of diving for you, where do you see it? The future of diving for me is definitely carry on enjoying my fun diving, my shore diving, my single tank diving. I'm loving it. And I'm focusing more and more on the legal side now expert witness work working as a consultant um in dive related incidents and that's really where my passion is it's quite interesting i find it fascinating i find it really really fascinating it's um with my background in diving it helps to understand i'm now learning all the legal aspects and putting them together and it's like being a detective working on these cases how did you get into that a lot of it's luck you know i've been in a professional diver for the last decade going to trade shows, going to dive shows, I was able to, it's something I've always been interested in, but I was able to kind of make my journey into that world um, at a perfect time. Mm. Mm. Sometimes these things happen for a reason, don't they? Yeah. yeah, I do believe that. And right now I'm very happy with the direction. I'm still involved with diving in a slightly different way. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and I find the mental challenge and yeah, um, having to really think about it and get involved with it and get really deep into the standards and different agencies' rules. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. And you can tell your passion, you know, it just comes out. Yeah, mm. yeah, I'm, I'm very, very happy with where I, my direction right now. Yeah, no, that's a good place to be. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so what we'll do is we'll empty, we ask questions to all our guests we've got five questions so everybody gets the same question asked and then we sort of put all the answers together and we'll have like a ranking um so first question is what dive location is on your wish list bucket list and why if i could dive anywhere oh hello squeakers i'd love to do russia actually beluga yeah. whale wow i'd love I've always been, as someone who hates the cold, it's completely contrary. I've always been drawn to the cold places to dive and ice diving, beluga whales. I just think it would be magical to dive yeah, there. Yeah. Oh, well, hopefully one day you've had a bit of cold water experience. Yeah. Right now I, I am enjoying my Kamenian 
kind of warm water time. Yeah, yeah, no, I bet. It's really nice. Um, so talking of marine life, what is your favourite marine animal and why? Octopus. Easy. That's why I have a giant octopus tattooed on my side. I just think they're the most intelligent, fascinating creatures. Um, there's so much we still don't know about them. And when you see them underwater and they change colour. and It's I awesome to see. They're awesome to see. And just their intelligence as well, I find really intriguing. Yeah. I watched one on the deck of the Thistlegorn. And oh, um, wow. I could, I could, honestly, I could have been there for hours just watching yeah. that. That was fascinating. I had other fish around it, and eventually it went off and it just disappeared. You know, it changed color. And while it's there, and we think there was a lionfish was trying to get it, and the other fish were in between the lionfish and the octopus. And whether it was getting stressed or whatever, you could, you know, it was changing colors between her eyes, you know, in front of her eyes. Like, wow. It's just it amazing. is. It- it is otherworldly. You kind of go in a trance. You could just watch them. And it matched the same colour as the deck of the physical. It was, that, it was going that colour. It's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. So if you were diving and uh, you could take three guests with you, and doesn't matter whether they dive or free dive or snorkel, who would you take? And they, they can be anyone from history um, or family or anyone present day. Oh, if I could take anyone diving yeah i think that would have to be my partner because yeah. my regular dive buddy um my stepson but he's only five so he's not allowed to dive yet but i think he would get such a hoot looking at everything he's so curious we're in an octonauts phase right now so it's everything under the sea everything <laughs> under the sea. and very like very boring i'd love to hit my mum diving i did try and teach her and she didn't like it but i would make her like it and take her diving <laughs> good. three good choices yeah yeah no that's really nice so yeah tempt them into the underwater world <laughs> exactly yeah, I mean, family introducing something i love to people i love is kind of why partly why i got into diving why i've always enjoyed teaching mm. yeah. yeah yeah no i don't understand that so what's your favorite uh, piece of dive kit what's the bit the one piece that you can't deal with do without my favorite bit of dive gear gear my heated vest i love <laughs> i know they i have been known to dive dry suit in cayman much to my shame but now i, I feel you know i tell people when i dive in cayman you know I, I dive in you know shorts and you know like thermocline shorts and a thermocline top i don't tell them i also have a heated vest underneath said top <laughs> So that's my dirty little secret. So what do you do you use? What 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 sort is it? This one is I'll have to so I have for under my dry suit I have a Santi heated vest. But yeah. that's for dry only. So that's connected to, you know, a canister battery. Okay. So that's for that's for um dry. For wet I have I'm just need to look it up. Adventure heat. Okay. That works all right. And that works though... really, really well. It's got three different heat levels. Um you turn it on and off underwater. You can change it underwater. It's. I, I, I might have to look into that. <laughs> so, blanket. Yes, yeah, like heat, heat all the way. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last question for you. Okay. Um, so you, you know, you're a person who's dived all around the world and dived with lo- lots of people. You, you've got a billboard, and you can put a message on there, an image, a question a statement 
whatever you want, even your, your chili limit if you want to. But you ought to, put, you ought to get a message out there on that billboard to the millions and billions of people out there, okay? What would you put on it? If I wanted to get a message, it'd probably be go see what's out there. Go see what's out there. I like that. Why? Because I think nowadays there's, you know, you look at past explorers in the past, you know, the Shackletons and Gusteau, and I think there's still so much out there and we've become possibly too reliant on things like ROVs and AUVs and mechanics and engineering, which have their place for sure. But I think there's still so much out there that we as human beings can go discover. And that for me is what drives me and has driven me in the past and continues to make me want to go see what's out there. Yeah, so that sense of adventure as well. Yes. It is, that sense of adventure, whether that being diving deep or cave diving or even just going from unknown shore diving. Yeah. Um, find somewhere to have an adventure. Yeah, or even the joys of snorkelling. It's just, I was watching a video on Instagram and they just snorkeled, but yeah, had a great time with seals and yeah, completely yeah. wowed. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. Nothing to be scared of. It's, yeah, if you're safe, anything's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible. Yeah. Just have to take that first step and go out there and explore. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great. No, no, great answers. Really, really good. Thank you very much. But right now, I'm actually in the process of building my own charity. It's called the Oceanus Trust. Uh, it's working towards introducing people who have had mental or physical struggles and showing them how healing the diving world can be. Mm. So the okay. Oceanus Trust has been my, my biggest focus the last few weeks and months, building that up and introducing oh. that to the world. Has yeah. it got a website? The website is being built as we speak. Because if anyone do want to follow you, where, where are they best to go? Where are you on social media? Um, I'm on Facebook um, in a limited way. But apart from that, I am not as involved with social media as I used to be. Okay, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so it's been really good talking to you. It's just, yeah, and it's so good because your passion comes over so much about diving. It's just, a, you know, we've got all different types of people that listen to us. So, you know, from non-divers right through to the experienced souls, you know, it's, it's appealing, yeah, to every person that listens. I'm glad we finally managed to uh, make it work. And we did. And we got this done. I will. Thank you very much. Really good to chat. Good yeah, no, it's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time. Yeah. All right, have a great rest of the day. You too, guys. And speak All soon. Right. Okay, Thanks bye, Gemma. Thank you. Bye. bye. Welcome back, everybody. Gemma, what do you think to that? As coming from another Gemma, I really enjoyed it. Yes, Gemma and Gemma. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah, uh, Gemma's, yeah, Gemma's with G's as well, not J's. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Uh, yeah, really nice chat and um, really good to hear from Gemma and also, uh, you know, a touching and inspiring story. There we go. Yeah, yeah, it certainly shows what you can be and what can happen and what you can come back from as well. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people face challenges, especially with, you know, current climate at the moment. Um, it's good. Yeah, it's quite inspiring that somebody can um, face these great big uh, challenges in their lives and overcome and, and uh, get back in the water and dive, you know. Yeah, and back to loving life again. It is, yeah, and that's really important. So, uh, you know, it's not always about the, you know, the getting these great big depths and stuff. Sometimes it's just getting in the water, finding the magic. In yeah, 
Yeah, seeing the life and that's good enough. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a lovely interview. With- it was. Yeah. So thank you very much, Gemma. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so coming up next on the Big Scoop podcast on episode 36, <laughs> we've got Simon Rogerson from Scuba Magazine. Yeah. And he was a great person to interview. Yeah. Yeah. Um, full of uh, loads of experience, wasn't he? Yeah, he's done loads. And uh, yeah. so Simon writes for the the B especially the Bzac magazine isn't it? Scuba magazine yeah. uh, also for the Times yeah uh, he does lots of other publications I think he's called upon to do reviews and um, articles on diving liverboards that sort of thing yeah done a lot and uh, lots of experience um, yeah, it was really an informative chat that I think we had it was so, yeah really nice yeah nice. enjoyed that and a thoroughly nice bloke so uh, top marks yeah so. Uh, that's enough from us, really, from waffling on. Gemma, anything else we need to cover before we go? Uh, no, just check out the YouTube channel, The Big Scuba, and keep up to date with our on-the-water and under-the-water adventures and our product reviews as well. Yes, we always need YouTube subscribers. We need to get a few more of them. So uh, if you haven't been over there to have a look at our YouTube channel, look it up, The Big Scuba Podcast. There yeah, we go. Exactly. Yep, so right. that'd be a great help. Yep. So, and then yeah. if you have any suggestions of guests you would like us to talk to or topics to discuss, then drop us an email or just drop us a direct message on our social media, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Yeah, and uh, occasionally we get the odd questions as well uh, from people who've got um, questions regarding diving or, you know, they've, they've got questions about even paddle board and kayak and you name it so it's always good to answer them and um you know that'd be really good to read them out as well so do do test us and send them in that'd be really good yep, yep. so we look forward to hearing from you yep that'd be brilliant so i think that's it for me we'll yep. see you and hear, hear from you next week yep so we're back for episode 36 yeah okay thanks a lot thanks for listening and uh See you on the next one. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye.